today's Leading Women episode 292 with the wonderful Leslie Berliant. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Have a WordPress site or thinking of getting one? Bluehost offers unlimited hosting starting at $4.95 per month. Got your WordPress site hosted somewhere? No worries. Bluehost can help you transfer those domains fast and seamlessly easy. Join me and millions of others who trust Bluehost as our main hosting provider. Sign up today at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bluehost. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bluehost. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Leslie Berliant. Leslie Berliant is an entrepreneur, creative evangelist, writer, dancer, pastry chef, and chocolatier. She leads a muse creativity retreats around the world, provides innovation training, communications, and transition consult- consulting for organizations offers transition and transformation coaching to individuals, and teaches writing from the deep voice teleclasses. She believes that creativity is an important tool to stimulate innovation and alchemize life experiences into art. Women of the world, Miss Leslie Berliant. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, and thank you for that lovely introduction. Awesome, awesome. Well, we are really glad to have you on this show, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. Now, Leslie, I really like what you're doing with your business. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, you know, the sweat equity, the knowledge and experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you. And I want to provide the underwitch, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment anytime about them. But these are just general questions I have in mind. Great. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and the idea behind a niche? Sure. You know, it's sort of twofold how I came to this. And I've been sort of what I guess they call a serial entrepreneur. And then I've had a number of entrepreneurial businesses and entrepreneurial roles in other people's businesses. And when I really... Um, started to think over the last few years about two big questions. And one of those questions was, when do I feel like I am most in an aspect of myself that I feel I can fully embrace and share with others? And when do I feel like I am so absorbed in what I'm doing that I lose track of time. I'm a notorious clock watcher. <laughs> so even when I'm doing a, an, an activity that I enjoy, I always know exactly how much time has gone by, exactly how much time is left. And I'm really conscious of that. But I started to note that there were a few areas in my life where I would lose track of time. And that was a really good indicator to me that I was in an aspect of myself that was 
more powerful than my sort of conscious um, calculating mind. And as I became more aware of those times and those those parts of my life, I really wanted to spend more of my life on those kinds of activities. So it was really about initially looking inward and then looking outward and saying, what gifts do I have to share and how can I serve? And that's really how it all came together. Wow, deeply profound and deeply profound. I mean, that's the word that I could just say. I mean, really profound in what you've shared. One of us really got me into thinking uh, that you you shared that one because I mean, looking in, inward first, then outward. What I mean, knowing when do you feel you know when you are in most aspect of yourself, and when do you feel that you know, you're so into something that you lost track of time. I mean, what a profound concept that one is. That this one gave you um, the idea uh, of your business, and I'm sure our listeners were curious to hear that one as well. But what was that defining moment? You know, that prompted you to start a business and made you say, "This is my business." Yeah. So the first time, and again, there's sort of two answers to that. So the first time I went off on my own as a solo entrepreneur, actually I had a business partner at the time, but I went off on my own to start my own business. The defining moment was I'm a single mom. My daughter at the time, who's now 20, she was six years old, and I'd gotten a call from school. Her school was uh, not far from my office. Um, I'd gotten a call from school that she was sick, and I couldn't find childcare. So I went to pick her up, and it was very clear she had a fever. It was probably strep throat. I didn't have anywhere to leave her. So I created like a little nest under my desk with blankets and pillows and put her to sleep underneath my desk so I could continue whatever incredibly important thing, you know, deadline I had, which, you know, was so important that I can't even remember what it was now. And she was sleeping, and I was doing whatever I was doing, and we had a sewage line break in the building and very quickly our office became the epicenter of the sewage line break so there's basically raw sewage pouring into the office where I'd taken a a six 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 year old and it was a wake-up moment and I thought I cannot live like this and I need to create something where I can have flexibility in my life And so it was the first time I went off on my own and I did sort of what I knew how to do at the time, which is I was representing um, graphic designers and artists. And so I continued to do that type of business um, with my own spin on it. And more recently, I would say the defining moment for me was last November. So I and I've been on my own since then. So for you know almost 15 years, I've been on my own in different iterations of my business, marketing and communications, and I've worked, uh, led creativity retreats, and taught dance, and been a pastry chef, and all these different iterations of my business. But most recently, uh, last November, I broke my right wrist, and I'm right hand dominant. Um, I, at the time, a lot of my clients were uh, counting on me to be doing writing and communications for them, and I couldn't type very fast because I didn't have my dominant hand. And I never had to surrender like that before to something, like so out of my control, and, and actually ask for help 
in ways that I had not had to ask for help for before. And what really came to me in all of this was that it was the universe sort of pushing me to the next level in my business. And I had known for a long time that the next level in my business was really to center it around creativity. So not just using my creativity to help other people market their product or their business, but to use my creativity to help other people tap into their creativity. And so that was when I started really thinking about retreats and writing classes and things that I could start to work on and plan and develop in this thought of, wow, the universe really wants me to push myself to the next level and I need to surrender to that. And I have the physical manifestation of that right here every time I look at my cast. Wow, what a defining moment. So, I mean, there's two uh, big moments in your life that you've shared with us. I mean, those are huge. I mean, I can totally picture, you know, your baby, your, your six-year-old daughter, uh, your baby back then when you, yeah. when that happens. And then, um, oh, and then you wanted, you wanted to create the opportunity that affords you that flexibility that you need. And then the other one is you know, the recent one wherein you broke your wrist and then you cannot use your dominant hand. Uh, it's, you know, that must be, I mean, I can't even fathom that one because I am a right-handed as well. I am so useless with my left and I couldn't write with that. So <laughs> I can totally imagine that. But you are right with that. We love what you, when you mentioned about re, that the universe was pulling you towards what is it. That is truly your next level in your business. I mean, tapping into your creativity and helping others tap into their own so that they can be, they can express their creativity as well. Wow, beautiful story that one is. And I'm sure our listeners learn a lot from that because a lot of our listeners ask, how does this business idea comes about? When do you know that it is the moment to, uh, to jump into entrepreneurship or to jump into their passion or to jump into their calling? So great that you share that one. Well, it's interesting because um, Barbara Stanny, who I admire greatly, she's written a number of books, Overcoming Under Earnings, Sacred Success. She's a women's, she, she works with all kinds of people, but she really specializes in women and money. And one of the things that she talks about is that those times of sort of quiet introspection where you can have the space and time to incubate ideas and that one of the things that happens often to women is we are so go 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 and we're excellent multitaskers we're much better multitaskers than men and there's a whole bunch of reasons that that is biologically true but to our detriment we sometimes miss the opportunities to focus inward and I was given a great gift of sort of the bandwidth to be introspective to slow down for a moment and really start to incubate something that had been brewing in the background, but just needed that time and space to crystallize. Wow. What a love that you've shared that one. I was like, Oh my God, that's really profound. Now I'd love for you to touch on what was that vision for your business that, you know, continues to drive you towards success day in and day out. You know, it, it's funny, I feel like all my answers are sort of like, there's two things <laughs> happening. And one is certainly 
this driving idea that a number of people talk about. Steve Chandler, who's a pretty well-known business coach, talks about it quite a bit, which is, how can I serve? And I really have always felt like no matter what I was doing, no matter what I was, you know, marketing or selling, there was, there always for me had to be a way that there was a bigger idea behind it that was of service to the greater good. And so what drives me is at the end of the day, when I can say, how have I served? And the other component that drives me, the other big, you know, visionary piece for me is my own relationship to creativity and how through writing, through dance, through cooking, through photography, um, I have found ways that really, I, I don't know how else to say it other than taken sort of the stories in my head about my life, about who I am, about what's, you know, right or wrong and alchemize them into something else. And that something else for me has been art. And, you know, I point to writers who do this, who sometimes take um, really tragic uh, parts of their life and experiences in their life, and by creating art out of them, whether it's painting or writing or photography or dance, they change their relationship to that event. And what I see, and, and I work not exclusively with women, but I would say mostly with women. And what I see with women is that we have a great need to become alchemists in our lives, that we get very stuck in story and we get very stuck in our past and we get very stuck in our relationship to our experiences. And, you know, there's only so much talking about it you can do to get through it. And for me, what I found was that, you know, all these different creative outlets were a way to change my relationship to my life and take myself higher and take the people around me higher as a result. Wow. So being of service to the greater good, what a compelling vision awareness and being able to express your creativity in forms like art, writing, dance, and other forms. It's really uh, important to have that channel, have that platform that you can express your creativity and then helping others do the same way. What and, a compelling vision that one is. And, you know, what I would add to that is it's, you know, what I do is not necessarily for people who self-identify as creative. In fact, my favorite people to work with are the ones who say they're not creative at all. Because the truth is, it's not about the output. It's not about you know, whether or not you're a well-trained writer who has an excellent command of grammar in the English language. It's really about getting your out of your own way to let your own genius come through. And that genius doesn't have to be about the end result. That genius can be having that aha moment where you realize what you thought was the biggest tragedy in your life really propelled you into something bigger, greater, you know, more profound. So, you know, it's not just for creative people. I think that we all have this great need in our lives to express and to, um, there's a saying that agreement is control, to get into agreement 
with our story in a way that helps us see how it has shaped us profoundly. Wow. So, yes, um, I mean, letting your genius, letting the genius in you come through. Wow. I, that Sorry, is... I've got a crying kitty in the background. I don't know if you can hear her, but she wants to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, that's okay. That's no problem. Did you need to take a, a quick break? Or? No, no, she's okay. She's okay. She's All right. Fine. Awesome. All right. Now, let's talk about how you prepared for a success that turned this vision into a reality. Can you share our listeners what are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from? Um, I think for me, you know, a lot of it has to do with um, my, what some of my friends would call an overactive sense of responsibility. Um, I've always had that, that overactive sense of responsibility. And so I sort of knew I would be okay, particularly when I first started kind of going off on my own and was, you know, in partnership with other people. I knew that I would feel responsible to be successful. And that's that overactive sense of responsibility has served me well. And, you know, really, I would say my ability to trust my own intuition about people, and I, I use this one a lot in my coaching practice, um, really learning to trust uh, my, my intuition. That if I was feeling something with a client or, you know, hearing something kind of subtext or in the background, to trust myself and say, here's what I'm getting. And it's not anything you've said out loud, but I'm getting this sense. And when I started doing that, people invariably would say, oh my God, how did you even know that? That's true. So I think trusting one's intuition and women are powerfully intuitive. So learning to trust ourselves is really important. And I would say the third aspect is really something that, um, I was very lucky to do a training in a sales method called Sandler, which actually um, I'm teaching a webinar on this on Friday, but it was really to learn that um, rejection in business is not personal rejection. And I think a lot of what holds people back in business is fear, uh, fear of, and, and particularly fear of rejection more than I think even fear of failure, because I think failure is just another way we think of rejection, right? I failed at this business because people didn't like me or didn't want my product or I didn't do a good job. You know, it's always a sort of fear of rejection. And I really learned very early on in my career not to invest my personal sense of okayness with whether or not somebody bought from me. Wow. I mean, I was like, okay, I was listening to every word that you've said, especially the last one, the fear of rejection. So the three personal traits that um, Leslie shared with us, the first one is being, her being overactive sense of responsibility. The second one is the her ability to trust her intuition, really big on that as well. And then not to let um, the rejection um, kind of, you know, hinder you from moving forward. And it's a fear of rejection. I mean, all, even the the... Getting, receiving no's uh, from other people, even those naysayers, even if they, they feel like you were not worth it. It's really important not to listen to those um, 
not only for yourself, but even other people as well. So these personal traits that Leslie just shared with us, the good news is we can all cultivate and adapt them in our lives in general. And, you know, I would I would add one other thing, which I think is probably more critical than any of those others, which is not I don't think any greatness can come without community. And I have a very supportive, strong, um, unconditionally loving community of women that I am in touch with continuously. And I live. Uh, in a very rural area, sort of separated from um, the people that I know very well. I moved here a couple years ago. And I have a lifeline with my community and this, you know, these groups of women. And, and we talk, you know, I talk to at least one of them every day in some way, shape or form. And we are unconditionally supportive of one another. And we don't spend a lot of time dwelling on what's wrong in our lives. We spend a lot of time dwelling on what's right. And I think community is so critical in any self-help book that you, that one reads always mentions the importance of community because we really we need mirrors and reflections back to ourselves of our own capabilities, our own greatness, our own ability to overcome all of those things. We need mirrors and our communities can serve as those mirrors. Yes, I'm a big fan of that one as well. And yes, especially for us women, we thrive in communities. We thrive in collaboration with others. It's really important to learn that one, take that one at heart and having and. Uh, yeah, striving to get, get into supportive communities, support communities or networks of people that can support you, especially for us women. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as entrepreneur. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And to get through those challenges takes a very special person. And our audience wants to know that special person in you. So, what have been your biggest challenges and how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? Well, it's, it's interesting. The first time I went off on my own to start a business, so this is, you know, after that experience with my daughter when she was six, it was um, August of 2001, and I was working in uh, the creative industry, and a lot of my clients were at agencies um, and marketing agencies. And so that was August, 2001. Well, September, 2011 happened and the economy shut down and I was just starting a business and I really had to get scrappy in many ways about what I was doing. I had just built a very successful business for somebody else. I built a business that went from zero to $3 million in revenue in 18 months. And here I was like all ready to recreate that for myself and talk about, you know, unexpected things happening. And it was horrific, horrible tragedy for so many people. I mean, for me, it was just really an inconvenience, but it was an eye opener about what it really means to be scrappy and to trust yourself and to push yourself. And that was, you know, a really intense um, time to be starting a business. 
Yes, and I'm sure a lot of a lot of、uh, people lost their jobs during the recession. And yes, like what、uh, Lester just shared with us, you know, you push through those challenges, you push through those,、uh, over, you overcome them, and you don't let those challenges hinder you from moving forward. I mean, if you have to bootstrap your business, do it. If you have to sacrifice some time and energy and effort, do it. It's the most important lesson here that、uh, from what Lester shared is to. Not let those challenges、um, hinder you from moving forward, but instead be inspired or be motivated by them, and then find ways and、uh, to, to deal with it instead of backing, backing, back, backing up. Or、yeah. so it's really important to learn that one. Now let's just switch gears for a little bit, Leslie, and talk about work-life balance. You know, being a business owner myself, maintaining a work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life. Now, the challenge with entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create a work-life balance, particularly if you have a family juggling many roles. So, in your life as an entrepreneur, how do you maintain this work-life balance, and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this? In the areas of your health, your family, your relationships, and your business. So it's an interesting question because I found that this is a question that gets asked of women and not of men. And I'm not sure if that's because there's an assumption that men will always choose correctly and women need to think about it more, or if there is this idea that this is really the providence of women to have to figure out how to balance our work and our lives. But it's interesting to me that it is the providence of women to have to figure out how to balance our work and our lives, and not so much of men. And you know, for me personally, I don't know that work-life balance is is possible or optimal. And there are times in my life where my life is more important than my work, and there are times in in my life where my work is more important than my personal relationships. In that moment, because I'm getting so much out of what I'm doing, there are times in my life where, you know, I have deadlines and it's a beautiful day, and I just really need to go for a walk and think. You know, it's. I don't know that it really is a balance, but I think that it is being conscious that if I go too long without connections to my friends, if I go too long without,、um, you know, yesterday I took off and I drove to the city to see my kids. I just and I have a lot of work to do right now, but I thought, you know what, I need some time with them, and I didn't take out my cell phone and I didn't take out my computer and I just I that was important to me in that moment, so. I'm not sure you can that one can balance it all the time, but it, there is an importance about checking in with yourself and knowing that to to really do your best serving, whatever it is that you're serving at, you need to make sure that your own tank stays full. And for me, that filling station can take different forms. But I do need to make sure that my tank stays full, so that when I'm on the phone with a client, I can be fully present. 
Wow, I love those tips that you just shared. And yes, I agree with you. This work-life balance is an area that I'm sure a lot of our listeners can uh, are challenged with because I too myself. But like what you've said, it's all about finding uh, or making those priorities or creating those priorities and making time for them. So be conscious about your situation, about your life, what's it that you are doing at the moment. Be present in there and then check in with yourself just what uh, uh, Leslie just shared with us and do what's best um, serving at. And yeah, I love the analogy of make sure your tank stays full. I mean, especially with yourself. I mean, sometimes we are so hard on ourselves, not making time to take care of ourselves or even having those downtimes that we really need. So it's really important to not neglect those areas that are important to you. I mean, that's the bottom line for for, uh, for work-life balance. It's really to not neglect those areas that are important to you, but make time for them regardless of whether you have you are busy or not. And because we all have 24 hours, but it's about how we're using that 24 hours for our benefit. Uh-huh. All right, now let's talk about success and what success means to you. Your business appears to be financially doing quite well and without success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life. Now, would like to also say that success is a mindset. I can have $10 in my pocket, but my mind feels like a millionaire. I feel mm-hmm. great about myself and I'm moving forward. The opposite way will be a multi-billionaire and be totally miserable. So am I successful? Financially, yes. Individually, probably not. So in your journey as an entrepreneur, what does success mean to you? And what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success? Well, it's a great question. And it's one that comes up with um, my clients often. Um, you know, when I work with organizations and corporations, I'm also, I often am working with Um, organizations that are mission driven. So they're not just about selling a product, but there's a greater mission. And so when we look at success, it's not always about dollars in, dollars out. It's often about impacting change. It's about serving others. It's about changing something in the culture that needs to be addressed. And When I work with individuals and we talk about success, I really try and turn it on its head. So if I have somebody who um, is reluctant to market themselves, I will set up a game where they go after getting as many no's as possible. And that's success. Because to me, the success is that they just went out there and even did it. So it's not, you know, we have a very linear kind of markers of success that people talk about. Number of clients, you know, income, net income, bottom line, uh, annual growth, all of those things. But as you pointed out, you can be absolutely miserable in your life and have a million dollars in the bank. And is that successful? So I really think of, for me, success comes when I have that elated feeling after I've been working with a client or working on something for a client where I feel like, wow, I really nailed it. That's success for me. And it's not, you know, and and yeah, I count the dollars and I look at them and it's important to pay my bills and all of that stuff. Yeah. And I want to have financial success. I think it's 
lovely in what it can empower one to do. But at the end of the day, there have been times in my life where I've been making a lot of money and been incredibly miserable. And those, I don't look back on those as successful times. Well said. I mean, success is about serving others, impacting others, you know, creating happy clients because of what you're putting out there. I truly believe too, that that's the true essence of success. And of course, financial metrics is important, especially for us in business, because we need to be profitable to be in business. But at the end of the day, like what just Leslie said, it's all about the intangible benefits of being in business that we are so that we are mostly fulfilled or, or are happy with. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about one of the highlights of our show, and that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience, so take it back to the past. Say you're going to start all over again as an entrepreneur, and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first buck. What types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learned would you give your fellow entrepreneurs knowing where you came from and where you headed at? And if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? Um, first tip would be create a community of trusted, I don't even want to say advisors, but trusted confidants. People that will listen to you, not necessarily even give you advice or feedback, but listen to you judgment-free. It's so important to have that ability to talk to people and, and allow your own mind to sort of brainstorm in the act of talking to another person. So community is really critical. Number two is jump off the cliff. There is no entrepreneur I know of that didn't at some point have to jump off the cliff and just say, I'm not playing it safe today. So you have many times in an entrepreneurial business where you have to make a decision about whether to play it safe or not. And sometimes playing it safe is the, the good choice, the better choice. But there will have to come a time where you jump off the cliff. And you will need that community around you when you do it. So you set up that community so that when it's time to jump off the cliff, you can jump and know that you will be caught. And number three is really to get clear with yourself about the role that fear plays in holding us back. Um, You know, and again, Steve Chandler talks about this, and he says he doesn't believe that there's anything called laziness or lack of motivation or, um, you know, inability, that it's always about somebody being fearful. When somebody doesn't do something that needs to be done or that they've been talking about doing or that they want to doing, it's always about fear. And, and you know, I would add to that and say it's almost always about fear of rejection. So get clear with yourself that it's only fear that's holding you back and, and you can be afraid and do it anyway. Wow, great tips there. I mean, first is to create a community of trusted confidence. I mean, people who will listen to you judgment-free. I can't say that well enough. Love that. And then the second one is to jump off the cliff. Take those needed risks that you have to, that you need to. And then the third one is to get clear 
with yourself and the roles of fear really be good as well to really overcome that fear but not to but embrace the fear as well i mean embrace the fear and do it anyway just what leslie just said i mean there is it's gonna be there no matter what is the, the ability of uh, our ability to embrace fear and then do it anyway i mean to take action regardless of the, of the fear or the, the emotion that we have at the moment great tips there that we all can take action on today so thank you for sharing those Thank you. Now, what's one favorite business resource or a tool that you use in your business that's radically changing the way to business and that which you can share our listeners with? Um, well, there's a couple. I mean, one is there's so much information available for free online. You know, I get daily emails from people like Steve Chandler and Barbara Stanny and Regina Thomas Shower and people who for me are really inspiring, Marie Forleo, um, Kate Northrup. Find the people that inspire you, sign up for their newsletters, their daily, you know, inspirations, and really pay attention because for me, when I read through those things, I always learn something new that I can take with me. Um, number two, I would say, you know, smartphones are for me the greatest thing because I can take off for a day and go, you know, to the city or go for a walk and have my phone and I can be doing a business meeting while, you know, walking on a beautiful country lane. So I love the opportunity to multitask in ways that are pleasurable. So, you know, I'm working and I'm off walking my dog. And, you know, when you can have those tools that allow you to multitask in ways that are pleasurable, I always think it's easier to be productive. Yes, I'm a big fan of uh, the smartphone as well. I mean, I use it to listen to audiobooks when I'm on the run, when I'm on a walk. Yeah, really intuitive tool if we can tap into it, into the power of technology that we have nowadays. And yes, I agree with you. Finding people that inspires you and learning from them. Great resource, great advice there. Now, entrepreneurs are wide readers. Can you recommend a book or two that our listeners can get that will help them grow personally and professionally? Absolutely. I mean, I would recommend anything by Barbara Stanny. I would recommend anything by Steve Chandler. Um, I think both of them are coaching people in ways that are revolutionary. And, you know, every, Barbara Stanny, particularly if, if you're just starting out and you're working for somebody else and you feel like you're not where you should be financially, overcoming under-earning, is a great book and it's one that I highly recommend doing with your trusted advisors and community and working through it together to really figure out what's holding you back in terms of your financial life. All right, so that's under, uh, Overcoming Under Earning by mm -hmm. Barbara Stanley. I'll make sure to have that on our show notes as well. Last but not the least, Leslie, share our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product or your service and where they can get it and what's the best way that they can connect with you and then we'll end from there. So the best way to connect with me is um, through my newsletter and my website, www.wbconsultancy.com. And, you know, where I, I think the one thing I offer to people, whether you're an organization, a nonprofit, a mission-driven company, an individual, and I've worked with everybody from artists to business people to realtors to stay-at-home moms, you know, I've worked with all kinds of people, and the thing I offer them is 
the places in their life where they're stuck, I can help them get unstuck. And it's really, um, I call it coaching, but it's really a combination of things. Uh, you know, there's, there is some traditional coaching and there's all kinds of non-traditional methods I use. Um, that really help people get unstuck. And then the other thing I can offer people is my retreats. I do eight-day retreats um, in beautiful locations around the world. I have one coming up in December in Maui, Hawaii. Um, In the spring, we'll be back in Europe. And it's really an eight-day immersion in your own creative muses. And you will walk away with so many new tools and resources and ways to bring back into your life, into your business, into whatever it is that you're creating or co-creating, that kind of juice to take it to the next level. All right. And what's the website again that they can go to? It's www.wbasinboyconsultancy.com. All right. So it's wbconsultancy.com. And I highly encourage you, our listeners, to check her website, sign up with her newsletter so that you be informed about the updates that she has there, what she's offering, and check out her eight-day retreat. I mean, what could be better than going to Maui for that? So that's wbconsultancy.com. And from there, you can connect to her social media as well. Again, that link is wb consultancy.com and by the way for our listeners out there all of these links and the resources that are shared in today's podcast will be made available in a beautiful infographic show notes at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash leslie berliant or just type in her name on the search bar and it will find for you again that link is wbconsultancy.com Leslie, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time and your inspiring story, your expertise, for being a role model to many, and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you. All right, TLW listeners, did you love this episode? Here's your chance to recommend or vote for your favorite today's leading woman. Here's how to do it. Step number one. After you listen to this episode, go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Step number two. Click the rate and review button. Step number three. Say that you love listening to today's Leading Women podcast. Step number four. Type in the name of your favorite today's leading woman. Example, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook, Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post, Oprah of Oprah Winfrey Network. You get it, right? Step number five, type your first name and where you are listening from. Every day, I will personally go through all of your ratings and reviews and scour the names of your favorite today's leading women. You will get to be featured as TLW fan of the day with your name and where you're listening from. And you'll be the first one to get notified when your favorite today's leading woman is featured on the show. Fair enough? Awesome. Go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. 
Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.